2 Timothy chapter 3, hear the, hear the word of God. But as for you, Paul writing to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound or healthy teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Uh, The grass withers and the flower fades, but Scripture says the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. A lot of times you hear it said that the Bible is uh, God's love letter to us, right? There's a sense of some truth to that, of God's love letter to the human race, the way we look at it. It's, it's an encouraging thing to hear. Uh, if you think about this question, why bother to read something? If, if it's a love letter to us of, of who God is, of what he's done for us, it's a beautiful reminder. It's encouraging. Um, how God so loved the world that he gave his own son. How God himself is love. We find it in him. And really, in some senses, from beginning in creation, with God making us, uh, and all the way through to the glorious end of perfect eternity, is some theme of God's love that we're drawn into. That there, Scripture is saying, that there's an infinitely a powerful and majestic being who made and controls the whole universe, and he is intimately concerned with you. I'm knowing you, providing for you, drawing you into a relationship of love with him where he's caring for you. Awesome thing to consider. But at the same time, sometimes when we think about the Bible as a love letter, uh, sometimes that can bring a little disappointment. Um, sometimes you read it and you don't really feel the love, right? Like, oh, I sat down and do my devotions this morning and I don't know. Like, like, we're, like at times you've, you've read scripture, you've, you've been in a church service or something, and you've, you've felt all the excitement, you've felt the joy, you can almost feel it in your body, like the, the warm fuzzies, and it's, and it's great, and it's wonderful, you know God's closeness and intimacy with you. But, but you don't feel that all the time, right? There, there's, there's always times when, when we don't. Now, you know, my wife Karen's in the back, like Karen and I have love letters that we've written to one another uh, from... Uh, uh, various different, various different times, especially when we were dating and engaged. And like sometimes we'll draw out some of those things, or she likes me to read those notes back to her, and uh, um, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Um, but I've never I've never not wanted to read a love letter that she'd written to me. I'm like, oh, I've got a lot of other things. It's a busy week. Do I have to stop and and, and look at this, right? Um, or, or even not valued rereading it. That kind of stuff we, we cherish. Um, but if you talk to Christians about reading their Bible, what you constantly hear them saying is, yeah, I need to read my Bible. 
Right? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to read its heart. I need to just kind of be more disciplined with that. And, and that's, that's fine, right? But it doesn't sound the same way as like, oh, a love letter. It's not the way that I want to read these, these, these things from Karen or from me. Uh, it's much easier, uh, if you will, to, to wake up in the morning. And uh, right, what's the first thing you do you wake up in the morning? You check Facebook. <laughs> you like see what notifications that you got. Uh, especially if you just met some cute boy or some cute girl the other night and you just friended them and you got some, you're like looking to see that they responded to the message of what you posted on their wall, right? Um, it doesn't matter what else is going on. You're late for class and you're still like, I just got to check Facebook real quick, right? Um, we want to hear those things. Um, uh, but, but a lot of times we don't want to read the Bible. Um, I want to encourage you to read the Bible. Even non-Christian, I want to encourage you to look at the Bible, but, but it, that's, it's a difficult thing. The Bible doesn't always feel like a love letter. So what's the point? How do we, how do we look at this? Do you, do you ask the question, why should I bother? Because uh, sometimes, whether you, you know, ask it on your way here, like, why am I bothering to walk all the way down the stadium to this RUF meeting? What's going on? Why should I bother? Um, why should I bother opening my Bible? Man, I'm going to feel awkward when I'm reading the Bible and my roommate walks in. I don't know about this. Why should I, what's, what's worth it? If I'm not getting the warm fuzzies, if I'm not encouraged, if it's difficult and I don't want to, well, why? Um, honestly, I think that's a question worth asking. I think that's a good question. It's worth answering uh, as well. Why should I bother to listen to the Bible? And the, the passage that we read a little bit ago, I think, goes a long way toward answering it for us. We're going to look at a couple different sides of it. Um, let you think for a second, how do you already answer that question? When you think, why should I bother uh, with the Bible? Uh, why do you care? Why, why bother? How do you bother? What are you hoping to get out of it? What are your expectations as you come? Open the scripture to RUF. Um, but I hope you'll at least listen to how this passage uh, answers the question. Uh, two parts that we'll look at. And the first is this. Uh, why bother with the Bible? Um, because it's not what you want to hear. Right? The, the Bible is not what you want to hear. And if that's what you're expecting me uh, to say, like, wait, church. If, if we're honest, uh, then, then we should admit that a lot of times the Bible's not what we want to hear. Um, right? If you look in the uh, chapter 4 part, uh, second verse there, after he says, preach the word, this is what, uh, what Timothy's to be doing. It says, uh, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Right? Um, so you can go into the Greek with it. But I had, had fun just looking up uh, the, you know, you can, on Microsoft Word, just kind of right-click on, uh, on the word and go down to synonyms, and it'll point out some synonyms for you. So, so just for fun, um, some of the synonyms for, uh, for reprove, to take to task. Right? The, one of the other ones that it put up there, uh, hold over the coals. So, so listen, why, one of the things that Scripture is doing when you read it is holding you over the coals, right? This is why a lot of times we don't want to read the Bible. Uh, it tells us things that we don't want to hear. Uh, it's taken us to task. Now listen, yes, the whole story of Scripture is good. It's wonderful. It's beautiful uh, and encouraging. But all along the way, uh, there's conflict. Uh, there's tragedy. Uh, things that need to be resolved. A lot of ways, I think most of the details in the Bible are, are things that we don't really want to hear. It starts off, there's Adam and Eve in the garden, and everything's perfect, right? And then they mess it all up. 
Um, and they mess it all up for us. And the reason that things are broken and hurt and why we cry and stub our toe and sweat when it's a hot campus, I was walking around today, like that's because of the curse. That's what it says. Um, they mess it all up. They mess it up, up for us and we see ourselves in it the way we've messed it up. Man, I've got to take you to task, right? <clears throat> um, the scripture speaks of death murder and rape and adultery uh, even as we see the kingdom coming that it comes in a lot of messy ways like exile uh, the rejection of the people of god wrath anger uh, sin even just human uh, inability at times i think even when we go straight to the gospel itself right the good news of the gospel uh uh, it's difficult. Honestly, look, there's part of me that hates the gospel. Right? Why would you ever come to a meeting where the campus minister would stand up and say part of him hates the gospel? Um, I'm at least trying to be honest with you. I love the gospel. It's, but, but part of me hates look, I don't want to hear that I can't do it myself. And this is part of what the scripture tells me. I can't do it myself. I need Jesus. Um, I don't want to hear that I need Jesus. I want to think that, I, that, I'm, that I'm enough, that I'm doing well enough, that I'm working. I don't want to hear that I'm, that I'm so bad, that, that, that we're so bad, that I, need, that I need God himself to die for me. And that if God himself doesn't come down and die and remain dead for, for, for three days, then I don't have any hope that that's how bad my like, gossip is. Uh, that's how bad my little sins, that's what they uh, deserve. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that salvation is resurrection from the dead uh, because I don't want to think that I'm, that I'm dead apart from Christ. Um, I don't want to hear that I'm not perfect, uh, that, I'm not, that I'm not almost perfect, that I'm not, not at least like on the way pretty well to getting a lot closer uh, to perfect, that I'm not capable of getting it all together myself. Um, what, I, what I want to hear uh, is that, man, that David Story guy, yeah, he is such a great guy. He's awesome, right? This is, this is the impression I've been hoping that y'all have had. Some of y'all came to the pizza party, the ice cream soda. You're like, oh, that guy was so great. And he talked to me. He's this wonderful guy. Like, I want Karen to think, oh, he's the, he's the perfect husband, right? Um, she, she, she loves me, but she doesn't say it. Um, <laughs> uh, I want my kids to think um, that I'm the best possible father. And other people to, to look at it. Um, or for all of y'all to say, you know, David Story, he's the best campus minister ever. Like, he, he changed my life, right? He's the best campus. All the other guys in RUF, the other campus ministers are like, oh, David Story, he's the best campus minister, right? I can enjoy that. Can I enjoy that thought for a minute? It feels good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> right, but the Bible tells us stuff that we, that we don't want to hear. You hear the description in verses uh, 3 to 4, uh, this uh, itching ears or, or tickling ears. The idea is they'll, they'll, they'll accumulate teachers to suit their own path. We, we want to hear the things that make us feel good. And we'll find people that tell us the stuff uh, that we want to hear. Tell me I'm great. Um, tell, me, tell me everything is wonderful. Tell me that we can make it better. Uh, tell me that, it, that it's all on us and, and we're, we're doing well with it. And we only want to hear what we want to hear. Things that are pleasing and encouraging or entertaining. Um, and uh, it hurts, but I can't do that for you. Um, the, the Bible doesn't, it doesn't do that for you. It doesn't just give you those things that, that already uh, pick you up. RUF won't do that for you. The Bible doesn't tell you the, the, the sweet little lies that you, that you want to hear. It tells you wonderful truths, but truths are also difficult. Uh, it tells you of salvation, but in the context of sin. It tells you of love, uh, but in the context of judgment. It tells you of perfection even in Christ, but in the context of, of destruction. 
Um, he says that we have a tendency toward things that are, that are not sound, uh, not healthy uh, teaching. It's not good for you, right? You know that certain things that, that you like aren't, aren't good for you. You know, like when you, when you want to go back for that third bowl of ice cream, and it still tastes good, right? Ah, the chocolate syrup on top or whatever. That's how you go over to Cold Stone, right? And you're like, what's it, the, the like it, love it, and the gotta have it. And you're like getting two, you want the other, the, the second helping of the gotta have it with like all the toppings on there. Uh, but you know, like, wait a second, that would that would be fun, but that's not healthy. It's not good for me. If someone offered me to me again, I'd say, no, it's, it's not that's not good for me. Um, or uh, I, I like hanging out with y'all. Sometimes we'll get together and get lunch. One of my favorite places to go is Guthrie's, right? Um, some of y'all find Guthrie's on Tennessee Street. If you haven't found it yet, uh, golden fried chicken fingers is all they serve. And they're, uh, the service is horrible, the restaurant quality is horrible, but the chicken fingers are awesome. <laughs> Um, it's the kind where you like break them, break them open, or you're starting to take a bite, and like the juice is like running out uh, as you're as you're taking a bite of it, right? Some of you are always like, that's not healthy, right? Um, I would love to go over there with you, but probably only like one time a week, right? <laughs> like eat over at Guthrie's uh, every time. But things that we want that aren't that aren't good for us, right? It'd be great if a visit to the doctor was always encouraging, right? Always good. But if you if you found out he wasn't really testing anything. Um, he's just like charging you a lot of money and being like, well, things look all right. Come back in, a, come back in another month. Come back next year, whatever it is. Um, you'd be a little bit bothered with that. If you go to the dentist and, and he always says everything looks great. And then after a while, like your teeth really start hurting. No, no, it looks great. Eventually you can like see the cavity in there, like a, you know, breaking open. And you're like, all right, this is not what I actually want. Um, we want what's actually healthy, what's good for us, even to hear some of those things that we, that we don't want to hear. Um, maybe sometimes the Bible's not appealing. Maybe sometimes it's not going to be appealing to come to RUF. You're going to be like, ah, oh, it's going to hold me over the coals again. Um, this is what the Bible does. Um, it's, uh, it's sober-minded instead of intoxicated fun um, in certain ways, right? Even when Paul's writing to Timothy of like what his job is, um, right? Uh, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, uh, and and uh, do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. Great suffering. Uh, work. Fulfill your service. Uh, but these are part of the things that we most need. Um, bring it back a little bit and say, all right, but what does it look like for someone to actually love you? A person that really loves you and cares about you and isn't just concerned about what you think about them, but they're concerned about you and what's good for you and love you. They'll, they'll tell you things that you don't want to hear. Uh, they'll tell you things that you that you need to hear. Um, it's not just the person who always says good things to you that, that loves you. I need to he- I, I need to hear ways that I'm not the perfect husband, um, that I'm not the best possible father, that I'm not the best uh, campus minister, so I can love my wife better, so I can love my children better, so I can care for y'all uh, better. Um, if a friend has, you know, uh, been out in the party and you know they're they're a little tipsy and they're reaching for the keys, listen, some people are going to like, wow, I didn't want to go say anything. And it's the good friend that's there with them that can say, hey, man, let me, let me grab those keys for you. We're going to find a different way to work this out. Um, it's, it's things that you don't want to hear, but it's the person that loves you that's willing to, to step in. When you're showing self-destructive tendencies, uh, when you're struggling with classes, whatever things. It, what I'm saying is that it's precisely because the Bible tells you the truth that you don't want to hear that you should bother to listen to it. That God loves you enough to tell you, tell us even the truth uh, about ourselves and how he comes to us. 
right, that, that's the first point. Uh, because the Bible tells you stuff that you don't want to hear, right? That was fun. Do you feel like held over the coals now? You're taking the task a little bit. Uh, that's what the Bible says that it does. Um, all right, other side, a little bit more encouraging. Um, why bother listening to the Bible? Um, because it's the breath of fresh air that we need. The reason we should bother to listen to the Bible is the breath of fresh air uh, that we need. Uh, some of y'all have gone like you know, uh, snorkeling different places. Some of y'all are South Florida, and you can just like go out your backyard to the beach and go snorkeling around. Or uh, there's some springs down over here. You can go over to. Uh, we should take a trip over the Wasissa River. It's like half an hour away. Uh, first half of the river has these gorgeous uh, springs. One of them, big blue, is as big as this room, and it goes down like 60 feet, and you can see the bottom. And you know, if you get out, if you get out your snorkel out there, you can even have your flippers, whatever. You know, you're diving down. You try to like swim down and see if you can touch some of the logs and. It's kind of fun. You get down there, and you're like, okay. And then you start looking up, right? And, and you can feel your lungs, like, you know, pumping a little bit because you've been swimming underwater. And, and you're, like, kicking back up. And I don't know about for y'all, but for me, when I'm trying to kick back up to the top, it always takes longer to get to the surface of the water than I thought it would. I'm like, okay, I need to breathe now, right? I need to breathe now. And then finally, like, you come out of the top, and you're, like, taking in that breath, right? Uh, this is part of what Scripture is for us. Uh, it's life. It's the breath of fresh air uh, that we need. Uh, I'll give you another example. Um, when I was, uh, uh, when I was uh, elementary school, junior high, I used to live up in New Jersey. Uh, and I guess, uh, I guess Philadelphia at that time was shipping their trash uh, to New Jersey. Uh, I don't know why they allowed them to do that, but that's besides the point. Uh, on the way, when we would go to the Cereal Mall, we'd have to uh, drive by a certain part of, the, part of the interstate. And there was this uh, huge Right, you could see the mountain, and you're coming up on it. It's, it's just gonna. If you've been through it very, very many times, you know the kind of odors uh, that are coming. Uh, maybe for some of you, this is like just driving by the cow fields or something. You can smell the manure. But um, and for me, it's like drive. We're driving to the mall, and I would know when it was coming, and I would always sit there and just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna take a breath. <laughs> and I would like hold my breath and hold my breath and see how long I can hold it. Um, hoping that I can make it to the other side. So when I finally like breathe in, I wouldn't smell just all the trash from Philadelphia compacting in New Jersey going out into the air everywhere. Right? Um, it's when you get to the other side and you can finally like roll down the windows. You're like, okay, there is cleanness again. Right? It feels feels good. Uh, this is what the Bible is for us. Uh, it's the breath of fresh air uh, that we need. You see the way uh, Scripture describes itself in verse 16, what Paul's writing here. All Scripture is, is breathed, right? It is breathed out uh, by God. So what it's saying is that as we're in Scripture, as you're hearing it preached or looking at it, studying yourself, reading it, what we're doing is breathing in what God has, has breathed out. That may not sound like the most appealing uh, illustration, but what we're doing is we're breathing in the life that God has breathed out. You can turn back to uh, Genesis 2 and verse 7, right? When God's uh, created man, the Genesis 2 account, he's formed them from the, from the uh, dust of the earth. Uh, and, uh, and then in verse uh, 7, it says, uh, Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Then the man became a living being. See, before, we were, before God breathed out life into our nostrils... We weren't alive. Humanity was formed, but you look at it, there was no life there. And they're saying this idea of breath, this idea of life itself, even as you breathe in and out without thinking every day, it's pointing to us that what we need is what comes from God's mouth. 
Uh, the, the, what he breathes out is what we need to breathe in in order uh, to be alive. It's what makes us alive. Uh, this is uh, the, uh, the word for breath or wind is the same as the word for uh, for scripture uh, for scripture. Um, uh, 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 for, for the Holy Spirit, right? Breath, wind, or spirit are the same uh, same word, um, both in the in the Old Testament Hebrew and in the, in the uh, Greek. Um, so this is what God's breathing out. It's it's the Spirit. It's the, it's the life of the Spirit uh, Himself that makes us alive. So listen, do you sometimes feel like you're drowning, like you've got no air to breathe? Ads about to end, and I don't know if I can get the classes the way that I want to, and the setup is horrible, and you feel just like everything's pushing down on you. Um, sometimes like you're swimming in desperation, uh, but nothing, not making it to the top, trying to reach the surface and you can't make it. We, we need uh, fresh air to give us life, uh, to continue our life, fresh air to save us, to, to rescue us. Uh, aren't you tired, to use the other illustration, aren't you tired of breathing in the smell of garbage? Uh, the odors that get the stench in your nostrils, aren't you tired of that? Maybe your garbage in some senses, the, the decisions that you've made, past actions or patterns of behavior that you, uh, that you find that drive you, that you wish you could get away, but you keep falling back into. Are you tired of the smell of that? Maybe tired of smelling the garbage around you. Um, other people's problem, their sins, their stupidity, and the way that it, that it affects you, how we've hurt one another, um, but how we've, how we've thrown garbage everywhere in the world. Um, and what we need is to breathe in the aroma of Christ. The other illustrations that scripture gives, that, it's, that, it's, that it's, uh, the gospel is the aroma of Christ to us. Scripture is always telling us about uh, Jesus. We get to breathe in the fragrance of one who is perfect. Perfect in all those ways that we wish that we were perfect. And he covers us in his perfection uh, through faith in him. It's the, the, the smell of the one whose sacrificial uh, death reminds us that we're no longer guilty. That we're no longer condemned. That we can see and someone else can point out things that we've done wrong. And as we stand before God, he says, there's therefore now no condemnation. Those who are in Christ Jesus, what Romans 8 says to us. We don't stand, as we come through Jesus, we don't stand before God guilty. We stand accepted, perfected, made righteous, loved, and beautiful in his sight. This is how God sees us. It's through the aroma of Christ and in the scriptures that reminds us of this, reminds us how the life that we are offered, that we get to enjoy. We get to breathe in the fragrance of Christ who is raised from the dead. Uh, that we get to have life uh, with him. It becomes then for us the, the aroma of acceptance instead of rejection. It becomes the aroma of security um, instead, of, instead of worry. It becomes the fragrance of love and of beauty and perfection because scripture is always speaking to us about Jesus. It's the smell of life. See, more than just kind of a breath of fresh air, uh, the Bible is the breath that can give us life and that keeps us alive. And we take it in through faith, right? He says we're made uh, wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 
Uh, it's not to say faith in terms of some strange emotion or some ability to believe things that other people uh, don't seem to have to be able to, and you can just kind of jump in, into it. Uh, faith is just trusting, it's relying, it's realizing that you need Jesus. Uh, that you're not perfect on your own, but that, but that he is. Um, that he's done it all. He's done it all well. He's done it all perfectly, and he's done it all for you, and it's complete. And he gives it to you. He gives himself uh, to you. It's continuing uh, to breathe in the life that God breathes into us uh, through Jesus, changing us, transforming us, developing us. This is what the scriptures are. The breath of life uh, in Christ. Uh, So so as much as you would uh, bother to swim to the surface to breathe if you're out snorkeling, um, as much as you would be ready to get to the other side of the waste facility and roll down the windows, um, we should care to listen to the words of life in the Bible. Um, I can't promise to you that REF is going to be the most entertaining ministry or the coolest ministry or the biggest ministry or any of these things. It's not. Um, but, but I can promise you that, w- that if you want to hear about Jesus from the Bible... This is what we're about. This is what I want want to give to you, whether it's here on Thursday nights or conversations with me or other people uh, uh, in RUF or different Bible studies. What we care about is hearing hearing this kind of thing uh, from the Bible and say, what are things that I don't want to hear but maybe are healthy for me and good for me? Uh, What's the breath of life that I need because sometimes I feel empty? Sometimes I feel weighed down. Sometimes I feel the smell of the waste around me, and I need something that's fresh and life-giving. Listen, this is what God offers to you uh, in his word. Uh, It is free. He has done all for you in Jesus. And he encourages you, calls to you uh, to listen, to come, to breathe in, to be alive, uh, to find Jesus. Uh, The Bible is not just a kind of a cheesy love letter of warm romance. Um, It's not always entertaining or pleasant uh, just to make you feel good. Um, And so sometimes you're not easily motivated to listen or to read or to to understand it. Uh, But the Bible conveys God's love that's deeper than any love letter, any love poetry of anything that you find uh, is conveying God's love that's deeper than that because it's God's love that loves even when we hate even when we've hated him uh, and run away from him. It's God's love that sees, it's, it's a love that sees all our faults and still embraces us in his arms. Uh, it's love that gives and sacrifices in order to meet our needs. It's love that draws us uh, into beautiful per- perfection. The Bible's not what we always like but it is what we always need. And God promises that he uh, speaks to us of Jesus, speaks to us the breath of life that we need in him. And bother uh, with the Bible because God offers his love to us through Christ uh, in it.